Welcome to the Riley June Show. I am your host, Riley June, Intuition Master Coach and Spiritual Activator. This podcast is here to support you on your growth and ascension journey. For those new to learning about their energy and for light leaders to set a standard in their work and practices within the industry. Running a multi-six-figure business as a light leader comes with great responsibility. And as I expand my work into the corners of the globe to help others reconnect with who they truly are, just know your time spent here with me is held sacredly. And for light leaders, it's time to show up. We have a massive mission to raise the awareness of human consciousness in our globe. So let's get to work. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I have the most incredible person to share with you. Her name is Dakota Wallace. We get into our journey of connecting and finding each other, the power of trusting and following your intuition, the value in continuing to heal and to push forward and to grow and ascend in your self-development journey. She is also the creator of the creator and founder of Daydreamers Apothecary. She is the one who builds the beautiful, beautiful mastermind boxes that you have been seeing in my stories, or if you have received one yourself from being in this space. And she is just such a beautiful light. So I look forward to sharing her with you today. Um, if you are on a self-development journey, if you are wondering what to do next and where your path is going, then this episode is definitely going to be for you. Before we dive into this episode, I want to share with you the sponsors of today, and that is, um, where's my words? Golden Code. <laughs> there we go. Golden Code High Vibrational Jewelry. These pieces complement your energy. They help you with channeling. They help you with just allowing your magnetic abilities, your magnetic energy, your magnetic soul vibration to come through for you and manifest in your dreams and your desires. Truly, these pieces are a gift from God and they are infused with golden energy light codes. So save yourself 15% off with the code AFF15 at checkout. The link is in my show notes and tag me when you snag your piece because I cannot wait to celebrate you. All right, let's tune in. All right. Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to share with all of you my dear friend and guest, Dakota Wallace. She is, if you are in my mastermind container, the one who has developed your Align and Ascend mastermind, beautiful, beautiful boxes. She is a plethora of things. I'm going to let her introduce you to her or let her introduce her to you um, because I want to honor all the beautiful things that she does and the work that she does in this world. So we're going to dive into all things intuition, the guiding force behind it, the curiosity that it sparks, the way that it can change your life and heal everything about you, and just the insight that comes from the space. So Dakota, thank you for coming on. I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you so much for having me on, Riley. It is such a blessing and an honor. Yay. I would love for you to introduce yourself to the community and just let them know who you are and what all the beautiful things you do. Yeah. Yeah. I am a jack of literally all <laughs> trades. You are. <laughs> um, so I just finished stepping out of a full-time role and becoming self-employed, which before that I was in the event planning industry. 
Uh, so I have a big background in hospitality and events planning. With that also being said, I am a certified herbologist, which is part of my new company that I've started. And I am also an intuitive as well as a golden light energy healer and really just kind of a love giver is what I say. Like everything that I do in life, no matter how I show up is how can I give unconditional love to others and make them feel at home and safe in themselves again. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love how it's so interesting (laughs) because um, ever since we met, it's so funny how we met is I just started randomly deciding in the beginning of my journey, I'm going to do this weird thing called readings. Like who wants one? And I think you were one of the first few people who I ever did a reading for, which is so amazing now that we've come this far four and five years later. And, um, yes. And where were you at that point? So four years ago, where were you? That, um, that is just such a huge part of my journey. I was frustrated to put it simply. (laughs) I was frustrated. Um, two years before that, my mom had passed away after eight years of battling breast cancer. And I did the normal thing for a 20 year old at that point in my life, which was, I got really angry at the world, at God, at whatever the higher power was that was out there. But I was like, how dare you take the most important thing from me? I fell into victimhood. I started drinking a lot. And the verbiage that I use now is I was trying to fill all the holes in my body. So it was through sex. It was through drinking. It was through whatever it had to be, but I wanted to fill that void of that missing person in my life. And after two years of living that way, and luckily not getting into drugs or losing my path completely, I was like, this is, this isn't what she wants. This isn't what I want. I have so much life ahead of me. Why am I allowing this darkness to kind of take over my life? Um, And so I just kind of be, I, I played the what if game. And I was like, what would I want my life to look like? What would happiness play, feel like? Like, what are these other options? And that's you. I think somebody I know shared you on Facebook or something. And I was like, huh, I like this. Like, I would like to keep tuning in. Um, and that makes it sound like there was like a switch that went off. Like half the time I was like on your re watching your readings and like hoping you would do one on me. And I would be like crying on my kitchen floor, like still trying to figure life out at that point. Like it was not all unicorns and daisies so early on as well. Yeah. Wow. That's so fascinating because I always, whenever I'm teaching my students, especially the ones who are just starting off with, you know, they want to be an energy healer or a psychic, or they want to just genuinely, honestly, the root of all of that is help people. They just don't know where to start or how to do it. Um, is that I always start with my story where it's like, I never even had any intention of doing any readings. I ended up winning a certified psychic mediumship course. Cause I wanted to connect with my aunt who had died. And I knew if one person could do one thing, well, everyone can do it. It just takes time, attention and intention. And I was like, so that's what motivated me. And then going through that, that was my light switch that went off where I was like, how do people not know this? How can I be the person who didn't speak to the spirits in the closet, but through four weeks of practicing, read people's energy, read spirits energy. Like how, I don't understand how this works. I don't understand why we don't know this. And that really started a lot of my curiosity into what world am I even living in? Like what's really going on here? 
And it was this then became a coping mechanism for me. I went through all this stuff with Phil and his heart stuff and Philip, my son and all his heart stuff and my aunt's passing. And I'm like, okay, well, if this is helping me find fulfillment in cards and it's giving me inspiration, well, you know, I'll go online and I'll just at least read from the book. Right. And that's what started it was I started to realize that I couldn't believe I could do this, let alone that other people could just do this. And that other people didn't know about this. And if it was helping me, well, like, I'll just do this for fun and help other people. And it was awkward and it was uncomfortable and it was so weird and foreign to me, but it was like in those moments of just like following something inside me that was like, Hey, do a Facebook live that you've never done before and never wanted to do, or do a reading that you never wanted to do or know what you're doing. Right. It's like this, the thing in me just I just started pressing buttons and there and I was live and it's like, and then I found you and it was really interesting because then moving forward from that space, I think it was right around the time where you were living with your roommate, Jess. Yes. And yes, it wasn't too long after that, where a lot of your life really changed. Yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I want to almost jump back for a second and talk about like how you were talking about your little nudges of intuition is I think we're taught to a degree to push them under the rug. Like I used to put names on things. Like I used to think that I had social anxiety and it wasn't, I just like, I couldn't talk to people because I was like, um, so the thing that happened to you when you were five years old, yeah, like I can't yeah. put words to this, but it's really coming through right now. And I feel really uncomfortable because I'm about to make you uncomfortable and I can't talk about the weather right now. Like girlfriend, yeah. you got to heal that chakra, but yeah. I don't even know what a chakra is. And so like, I think like all of that part is like, I always had these nudges and I always was like, oh, I follow my gut and these things. But as I started to step into, um, spirituality, it gave me the language. Like it gave me the toolbox in the roadmap that I was like, oh, it's not me against the world. The world is conspiring. The universe is conspiring in my favor. And now I get to have fun. I get to play. I get to communicate. I get to be like, okay, so this seems like a really good possibility, but how can I make this option even better for me? Like how, what's the juiciest possible outcome from everything? And the more that I surrender and just allow play and love to take over, it has deepened my intuition. It has deepened my relationships. It has allowed people to leave my life. Like it allows us to step out of victimhood and into our creation mode, which is what I think I'm always like, we have a gift. We're, we're divinely here to give our gift. And I think it broadly falls into these major categories, but on a smaller level, it's like, how do you want to help the collective? Cause like we all need to be bringing our unconditional love to it. Yeah. Sorry. That was what I call my soapbox moment. (laughs) Um, But where I was at that point is I, so I was working in the wedding industry. I was a wedding planner and I thought, cause I was always on this quest of like, how can I make people happy? Um, was it's literally, I would go to job fairs and I was like, what job is going to make people happy? Um, and I was like, okay, I'll be a chef, right? Like food makes people happy. I'll be a chef. And then I was like, all the chefs I know are miserable. I can't be a chef. Like, okay, I'll be an event planner. I think I'm really good at that. 
I had been doing it in high school a lot and people were loving it. So I got into wedding planning, the happiest day of your life. Like what could be better? And the company I worked for, I didn't align with their morals. Um, and they were a very prestigious company and they were up for, I was up for a huge promotion. And I was like, this is just going against it. It's a gut. No, like I should be so excited and it's a gut. No. And everything in my soul for the past three years had been saying, move to California, do it now. And it was like getting louder. Like the voice was like, move now, like don't sign your lease again. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like nothing about this makes sense. And then a friend was like, I'm from California, which is Jess. She was like, move back with me. I moved, I moved there with no job. I had no clue what I was doing. I crossed my fingers and I landed this phenomenal um, position with an entrepreneurial couple, uh, starting off just as his, uh, not even his event planner, his assistant, his kind of personal slash executive assistant. I had never done that before, but I was like, these people, I feel like I have something in alignment with them. And I feel like I want to learn. They look happy. So I want to see what that's like. And I want to get in that abundance mindset. Uh, And from there, it was just a quest of shortly after that, one of my dear friends moved to um, California as well. She basically (laughs) came over one night, handed me a deck of Oracle cards. And she said, shuffle them, hold them to your heart and tell me what they're saying. (laughs) And I was like, excuse me? (laughs) Like, I'm not sure what you're asking, but like, okay. Like that's always been our friendship. I was like, okay, I'll try it. And that night I ended up doing a three hour reading on her, like pulling in energies that, and things that her and I had never talked about in our relationship of like 20 plus years and realizing that like, oh, okay. Like this is true. Like these things work. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of, that was long again, but that's kind of where I was at that point when things started to change in my life as well too. Yeah. And it's so fascinating because it's like, there comes this point in our life where we come, we really just come to these pivotal decisions, like these moments, these, these, these breakthrough dramatic movie worthy moments where it's like, are you going to continue to follow this knowing that you know by making this decision you're going completely against or are you going to actually just trust and surrender give it up to god and hope for the best and it's like every single time i talk to any single person that had that gut knowing to not do something and actually decided to follow their intuition it only led them down this catalytic journey of better and bigger things. That doesn't mean there wasn't struggles in it because you're moving into a new house essentially. And you got to figure out what paint you want and what handles are broken and what, you know, the holes and the cracks and the leaks. But as you continue to go and your willingness to persist on developing yourself and, and whatever skill you're being called to learn is only going to lead you to better things to where now you are fully self-employed and you run your own business. And as I see from Instagram, you're about to take to the road. Yeah. So funnily enough, I, I said this the other day too. I was like, when you put yourself in the role of supporting someone else, your dreams get 
oftentimes put on the shelf. And that's no offense to the other people. Yeah. Who I am, like I'm a cancer, I'm a giver, like my energy is to support other people. And as soon as I kind of started to make the full switch, I have idea after idea after idea of like things to do. How did she like, how to support the word? Um, I have an amazing employee now and she's like, we are building your empire and that's what we're doing. And she's like, I'm here for the journey of your empire. And I was like, I need that energy. Like, thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> so I started um, Daydreamer Apothecary a little while before I quit. And that was, is an herbology company that really helps um, clear out our chakra system and our kind of auric field as well. And bring us back home to our bodies and feeling whole in there again, without all of this exterior energy that kind of can get clustered and caught up in there. And then I also started an event planning company as well, um, because I was like, still a skill set I have and people are still coming for this. So I now do freelance event planning and help entrepreneurs create the masterminds of their dreams. Because oftentimes you have these visions, but when you don't have the mindset or you haven't done it before, you just don't know what it looks like to be able to create that. So I was like, great, I can do that as well. Um, but pretty much from the time I got to California, which is how I'm quickly learning how I work as a human is it's always three years out is I started getting this nudge to be nomadic. And I was like, stuff is really great. And stability is really phenomenal. But like, there's just this part of my soul that wants to like run wild through a field every single day of my life. Like I want to be in places with no cell service. Like I want to be off the grid. Like I want to see this country that I live explore and just freedom became this like, once again, gut pulling thing that was drawing me in a direction. Um, so I bought a um, Dodge ProMaster and I am currently in the process of building that into my home um, with my father, which is such a journey in and of itself, but so beautiful uh, to start that exploration and really be able to be anywhere that I want to whenever I want to. There's so many things that you're touching on here that I really feel is important to like come back around to because it's become a, a trendy, perceived as a trendy thing for people so who want to be nomadic and they want to live off grid and they want to be self-sustaining. And, and we're coming back to these terms like, oh, hippie and oh, like almost like too good for society. And it's like, well, the last time I looked at society, everybody's miserable, idolizing money, lost from themselves and have no sense of purpose. So... I really like what's going on over here. Like, you know, let's not call it something it's not, right? Let's not damper happiness. And it's so fascinating because when you shared your story about how you went to a career fair to see, find the job that makes people happy, I did something very similar. I went to uh, school for accounting because I was like, oh, this is going to make me a lot of money. And I was like, go through the schooling. And I was like, there's not a day I'm ever going to spend in an office being an accountant. Like no money could pay me this. And so I asked myself, well, what do I like? What can I do? What will make people happy? Well, I love the idea of real estate because you help people find their home. You help someone find their home. And then I went through the training to be a real estate agent. And I was like, no, I don't want to sell people a home. 
And then as I went through my journey of healing and developing skills and tools and energy, and I was like, oh, what I actually really love is helping people find home within themselves. Yes. And then that's now what I do. And not coincidentally, because everything's synchronistically, but um, we're in that very same process. We moved out of our acreage. We sold, donated, got rid of so much stuff. And the landlord that we were renting from, he presented us with this corner plot of one of his fields that had previously had um, power and water and stuff hooked up. And he's like, you know, if you want, you can move on here. Um, I have no plans with it. So there's no long-term contract or anything, right? Like stay as long as you want, you know, pay the utilities, that's it. And from being here for two months, we're now in the process of selling everything else we own and we're going to upgrade our trailer and we're going to just hit the road. And it led us to the very same thing. We want to explore. We live in this country, you know, this idea of lockdowns really forced people to see what's really going on, depending on how deep you want to go within all the channels of what's going on. Right. But for the most, it exposed itself. Right. And so it's like, why I'm not going to listen and be landlocked and, and not, you know, wait for retirement. Cause what's retirement when you look at the people retiring and they're still not even retiring, it's like, what, what life do we want to live? And we have young kids. So it's like, what life do we want to show them? What values do we want to instill in them? So it's, it's so fascinating that through this healing journey, and, and I'm finding even with my own clients and students, it's like through people having the curiosity of what healing is, what their intuition is, what an empath means to them, that it's perpetuating this continuous cycle of all of them leading to, I don't want anything. I want to get rid of my stuff. I actually want to heal my trauma. I don't want to be in this state anymore. I don't want to be a victim. I want to live off grid. I want to eat from the garden. So it's really fascinating how, you know, such a corrupt force upon us is actually turning people back to values that is leading them to self-sustainability. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's so, I, I have so many things to say. <laughs> Yes. But like, I think first and foremost is the need to acquire things, in my opinion, is how I always like to say it, is the ego yep. and it is a lack mentality and it's filling a void. And oftentimes if you're not happy, you're going to keep trying things to make you happy, but we're not in a reality fully yet where spirituality and healing yourself and truly healing yourself. Like I went and I have no, nothing bad to say about therapy, but I went to therapy and my therapist couldn't even hug me. Mm. And like my main love language is physical touch. So how am I going to become verbally intimate with someone and tell them everything? And then they can't heal me because I need to be healed through touch, not through verbiage. It's not words of affirmation. You can tell me how great I am. I'm like, thank you for sharing. That was cool. You know? So I think the more that we step into each process of healing, it's just another layer of that onion coming off. It's getting rid of the external things that aren't bringing us happiness. It's stopping to have sex addictions or alcohol or um, physical items or whatever it is, is because we're like, oh, I'm actually completely content alone with myself in meditation or alone with myself having this cup of tea that is a full experience 
or journaling or listening to this beautiful book on tape or whatever it is that you're doing, the minor experiences become so much more elevated because there's nothing that we're trying to almost numb down inside of ourselves. And I think we, we were brought into a society that had to be the way it had to be. We may never know, or we might know, but (laughs) we are getting to a place where it's the questioning time. And it's saying, this isn't making sense anymore. And that happened for me. I always say that my first dream job is to be a mother. And it's something that I am so excited to one day be. And I am so excited to find my partner and to do that journey with them. But I used to have this mindset that I was going to have my first child at 25. I was going to be married at 20. And I was like, going to be in the white picket house by 22 and all of these things. And I started looking around and I was like, that could bring me joy. I could be really happy, but if I don't find me first, and I had been through a lot of stuff, as we all have, um, before that point in my life, I was like, I need to be a whole person before I attract in my partner, because I'm not doing this multiple times. I'm doing it once with the right person. And I'm not going to project onto my children. I'm going to be the best version of myself so that they have a mother who is ready and prepared to go down that journey because it's hard to be a child. It's hard to parent. And I was like, I want, I want to push this whole timeline back and all these expectations that I had built that fit into the cookie cutter um, American dream, I always say is what I was like raised on. And it was like, no, I'm going to completely wipe those things away. Like, my husband is not wearing a suit going to a nine to five job. Like that's actually comical for me to think about. Like he's probably in a van in the middle of like Montana, like cutting down a tree right now. Like that's who my husband is. Like, let's be really honest about it. So I have to go there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating when you go through these self-discovery journeys where you realize where the manipulation just like overtook your life and, and seeded all this lack of lack of everything, lack of confidence, lack of worthiness. And then you start to realize, well, I'm actually not in lack of confidence and I'm actually not in lack of worthiness. I'm just doing the wrong thing. That's why I feel that way. And it, and it, it's so fascinating that when you start to become curious about yourself, how it will naturally spark the curiosity of the world will naturally spark the curiosity of your beliefs and all the things that come with that. But ultimately what you start to realize is that underneath everything, it's not that you lack the worthiness, the courageousness, the bravery, the ability to take action or the ability to follow through with what you set your mind on. It's just that that's your intuition's way of saying you're not supposed to follow through with this thing. That's why you're not doing it. And it, that one was a really big thing for me because I was so invested in the diet and fitness industry when I was like 18, by no means was I fat or big or whatever going through high school. Um, but I always felt that way. I was always told that I was always perceived that I always looked to Hillary Duff and all these celebrities that have their meals cooked and they don't have an actual self-routine. They have someone who picks it for them. Right. You don't see these things. You don't know these things. So I, as soon as I turned 18, I hit the treadmill for two hours a day and I did that till 21. And I, never been in that great of shape in my life (laughs) until then, um, or was then, 
but at the same time, it was still so unhealthy. And then when you look at that, it's like, now when I stopped doing that and I was like, Oh, I want to get in shape again. It's like, I couldn't go back to that. I couldn't follow through with that. Cause I'm trying to do with a mentality, with an energy, with an identity that I no longer am a part of. And I would ask myself, why do I feel so lack of, Oh, did I cut out? Did I cut out? You cut out for a little second, but I got it. You, you were talking okay. about going. Yeah. Get it. So it's like, you just, I started to realize that all these things that I was feeling shame or guilt about was really just my intuition saying like, no, you're either approaching this wrong or you're not supposed to be focusing on this. Let's focus over here. And as soon as you tune into that and you're like, oh, there's the click, there's the spark on you go. It's like, oh, it's like easy. It, it just becomes easy. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. And it's so interesting to just to even like talk about fitness to a degree, because I think it's such, it's such a conversation that female struggle with and talk about and have is that I feel that I was projected this reality as a woman that I needed to become small. And that's what diet culture to me is. And that's what all of these, like, even the sizing of our clothes, it's like, how much smaller Don't can get me started I become? On that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's impossible. First off, I'm 5'10". I have a big bone structure and I have a huge personality. Like, it is next to impossible for me to be small. And I tried so hard. But now I look at it when I do fitness or when I do anything else is I'm like, how do I allow the physical body to be able to hold the energy of my higher self? Mm. Because when I'm not in alignment, I notice things like, I'll start to have health issues or I'll start to get stretch marks or I'll start to get these other signs in the physical body. That's like, Hey, your energetic body is growing at a higher range. Mm. You got to get this physical body able to hold all of the power that you are like manifesting and pulling in right now. And it's, it's such a different mentality because I, I even hear myself when I'm on a run or when I'm lifting weights now that it's like, I'm like, yes, like I am so powerful. Like I'm so strong is what I'm saying to myself as before I used to be like, I hate this. Like what more that I'm done and I'm never lifting this weight again. Like it was all negative mentality around it so that I could fit someone else's expectation of what I should look like so that I could potentially be attractive to someone who I probably wasn't even attracted to at that time. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's once again, and this goes into intuition too, is like when we stop caring so much about what everyone else is saying that we should be, or we shouldn't be, or how we should show up or how we should offer our gift to the world or how we should present ourselves, And we start just really tuning in of like, is this coming from unconditional love? Is this of the highest service for the collective? Like, is this helping or hurting others Mm -hmm. and use that as your compass instead of making up stories about what Sally is saying about your Instagram posts. Sally didn't even look at it. Let's be honest. (laughs) She's worrying about herself. We are all our own main characters. Yeah. No one is really that caught up in what you're doing. And if they are, when people sometimes get upset about something I say, I'm like, 
I'm sending you so much light and love because this, I'm a mirror. I'm reflecting back to you. So what you're seeing in me that you're not liking right now, it's always a chance for me to grow, but it's also a reflection of something you're not loving about yourself. Yeah. And I, I've been in that pain as well. Yeah. And I'm sending you so much love because the only thing you could possibly need right now is love. Yeah. Oh, I loved everything that you just said. And especially when you talk about the mirrors of reflection, because I teach and train lightworkers, healers, psychics, um, because there's no standard in the industry. And we're seeing all these psychics and all these healers taking the very thing that they're sharing from a genuine, you know, loving place that is triggering their very client and they're taking it personally and they're not realizing or have the tools or understand, you know, discernment or what to then say to reflect back to really help that person move through that transformation. You know, that 30 minute call could change that entire person's life, but if not done well or appropriately or properly or with a standard, you're going to take it all personally. You're going to feel like terrible and you could potentially spiral that person in, you know, the wrong place. And it just became so obvious to me as I watched people, even alongside me that I met in this journey, you know, there's no shortage of friends. It's so interesting to me because the very first thing I feel like every single person who goes through any form of personal spiritual development faces is a remodel of the friendships they have. And it's like, that's, you can guarantee it. You can immediately, if you decide one day with the curiosity, I think I'm going to listen to this person's personal development podcast. You best be willing to look at your friendships because that's the first thing that's going to come forward for you. But it's like, even in that, there's no shortage. It's like, we're so attached to these things. And then when you talked about it being of the ego, it's like, absolutely it is because when you start to find your way and you go through healing and you can continuously find a deeper source connection within yourself, it's like you realize through discernment that these things were never bad because they fell away. You just outgrew them. You just found a different way. You became that mirror. You, you found a trigger, you work through it. And some people don't want to hear that and they don't want to work through that. And you're going to have clients who experience that too. Right. And so it's like, where can we do better when we see a hole in a system we're either going to fix it and fill it or we're going to ignore it and it's going to perpetuate something that we saw was coming and what do you do with that like even with you with what you do i love what you do so much with your herbology because with that deeper healing desire people are turning to natural medicines i work with a plethora of clients who have had or have cancer that through disclaimers and policies stating, I'm not your therapist, I'm not your doctor, right? Important, right? That um, they're seeking deeper self-connection and they're seeking natural medicine and remedies to heal them. And it's done a far vaster, greater impactful difference for them than any time they've ever been on chemo. And I'm not saying that, you know, Western medicine doesn't have a place in this world because it absolutely does. My husband uses it. It's the only way he could survive because he has a metallic valve, but there's so many other ways that we can either incorporate or do better. And it's so fascinating as people are starting to get curious and go in words that they're finding, oh, okay, we've got a lot of work to do people but we can't change the world if we don't change ourselves because then we're just carrying through all that baggage with us. 
Absolutely. I, there's actually two very interesting things. One is my mom's cancer journey is she originally wanted nothing to do with the chemo and radiation. I grew up around all sorts of alternative everything. And I think, and through conversations I've had with her now that she's deceased and also conversations that I had while she was passing is that she made a very conscious decision when she started to realize who her daughter was, is that she was not going to allow our um, female heritage line to continue passing down its trauma. And there was generation after generation of rape happening in that line Mm -hmm. and of abusive relationships. And she saw really early on when I was 16, I was in a highly abusive relationship and that's kind of when she put her foot down and she did all of this internal work of like, she called it the Pac-Man that was like inside of her that was eating her cancer. But she had built this story and this belief system that the cancer was actually the trauma that was in the heritage line and that she was going to collect all of that trauma into her body and she was going to allow it to take over and to have her pass on. But that way myself and all of the future females in this heritage line would not be affected by that anymore. Wow, and like goosebumps. Right? But <sighs> also on the flip side of that, like once I could have those conversations with her, I can't be angry at her for passing or for those yeah. stories, but also such a truth of, that's how people heal themselves magnificently of cancers. They realize that they're going to remove that energy. It's all of it is energy. Everything in the world is just energy. So if we're taking in all the darkness, it's going to become sicknesses. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily true for a hundred percent of things. And I think there's different situations and circumstances, but I think that especially as women, we hold on to a lot of those energies. Um, and I think we allow them to grow and fester, fester in us if we don't always do the work to heal them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Just so many golden nuggets here. So basically what we're saying is go on the spiritual journey, develop your intuition, connect to yourself and go nomadic because your life will be more fulfilling. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny because you were talking about, um, talking about healers and taking things personally and me talking about the mirror thing. And the biggest shift for me was with that was with um, A Course in Miracles, Cancer Mm. Maas. And it is known as the most unread book that everyone owns. And I will be honest, I haven't finished it, but there's this part of it where it basically talks about how we are all one and everyone here on earth is a reflection of myself. So when I lose a friendship because I'm stepping into spirituality, it is a belief or a pattern or a part of myself that I was allowing to hold me down or a negative version of myself. And that's why that friend is being removed from my life is because they are a physical version of a past behavior that I had. Um, Or when someone comes to me crying and sad and broken, it might be a part of myself that I'm not aware that still feels broken or unseen or unheard. And for me, when I could really grasp that. And it took me years. Like I was like, this is a little weird. So like, I'm just here alone on earth and there's just a whole plethora of Dakotas running around. But the more that I stepped into realizing 
the mentality of treating everyone with the unconditional love that I would want to be treated with or with the same love as if they were truly my brother or my sister, it started for me to get less angry at people or to shame them or to whatever the other mentality that I was when I almost felt like I was like locking up my doors and closing them out because it was too much. It was like, oh no, I get this. And like, if I not almost in like a self-sacrificing way, but if I help heal you, I'm healing a part of myself as well, because what I help you with is also going to come back to me. And what I release from my life as a physical person will also be something that I energetically release from my life to create more space of as well. Absolutely. And it's so, this is why I think it was around January where I had this download where I was like, I'm going to, I'm my next level. My mission is to set a standard in the industry because there isn't one. I see a lot of toxic behaviors. I see a lot of negative ramifications for people who integrate too much energy too soon, have no idea what they're doing, shock their nervous system, anxiety through the roof, still dealing with the ramifications of that. So it's like mental health breakdowns, institutions, addiction counts. Like I see all of these terrible things that happen for people who are not appropriately equipped with knowing what they're doing or going into not knowing what questions to ask. And so when I got this download, I was like, I don't know how big this is or what this means or where this is taking me. Cause this seems really huge, but like, okay, I'm here for it. Like I I'm buckling in on this journey. So, you know, like Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> and, um, I came to find that I was being called to just observe observe, observe, observe. So people's readings, I was observing. I was like, what am I learning in this with myself? And that was something that really pulled me out of this place of being able to then actually coach people more effectively because I wasn't triggered that they were crying about something that I said, or I wasn't triggered by the fact that I immediately felt their energy pull right back because I just said something that touched a nerve or I wasn't getting like, Oh, immediately when I come into this reading and this person's walls right up because they've had negative experiences with psychics or they don't believe that it happens, but yet they paid the money to be here today. It's like, I'm not getting personally attacked by that. I'm observing. So it was easier for me to see through it, call it out, break it down, walk them through it, move it through it, move it through them, and then help them work it out to where they were leaving with a positive experience. And so as I started observing these things and I started to realize my place and all this, it also was helping me release judgment because now I wasn't leaving like, oh, did I do something wrong? I could have done better or, and it was like, okay, I'm going to surrender. That was the experience. I did my best. I listened to the energy, not what I was seeing or feeling and I'd work through it. And as I started to teach my clients that they started to have more confidence in what they were doing and they were able to not take things so personally, both in their work which was the first kind of step in the door, the spark of light. But then in their personal lives, when their mother-in-law attacked them or their friend told them they were an idiot or whatever they would say. And it's like, then there was all these things that started to fall into place. So it was really interesting because as we see this now actually become an industry, because it never really has been one before, it's so fascinating when, you know, have to have the idea that I'm going to set this standard because like, that's a big mission. That's like millions and billions of people that that type of work could impact. And when you really allow yourself to pull back and look at the bigger picture, it's, it's so much bigger than, Oh, I just got this download that I'm going to set a standard in the industry. It's like, okay, but curiosity kicks in intuition kicks in. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean to me? What values am I going to hold in this place? 
What is that going to require of me? Well, that's going to require new habits, new behaviors, new experiences, new people. Okay. So now these people are falling away because they don't agree with it or they don't get it or they don't understand it or they don't want anything to do with it or whatever that looks like, or they're mad because I said, um, whatever I said about health. And it's like, that's the thing that set them off. It's like, okay, well then I'm looking into that. Well, where's the mirror in that for me? Is this me? Is this them? And it's, I mean, it can be this nonstop cycle, (laughs) but then like, that's where grounding comes in, right? That's where it's important. Whereas you start to go down these cycles because you can go down all the tunnels and holes and all the things of the world and self and mirrors. And if you don't have a practice, that's going to be equally as damaging as being a person who just found out they're an empath and wants to become a grandmaster quantum energy healer. Those worlds are going to collide and clash and your body's going to have the effects. So it's so interesting to me because as we start to do these things where it's tips and tricks and hacks, it's like, there's no hack to consciousness. It's just like you wouldn't decide to go run a 40 day marathon. I don't know who would do that in the first place, but like, let's use this for example, (laughs) you wouldn't decide to run a 40 day marathon tomorrow after having diabetes and all these, you know, weight issues over the last 30 years of your life. Right. Like it's a process. And it's so fascinating because even when it comes to healing, you go through healing, you move through stages, you move through emotions and you learn that it's not supposed to be the overnight fix, the pills in the can for seven days. It's like, there's a process to this. And I feel like people are really starting to understand that, or at least lean into understanding that more. And it's really making for these interesting times that we are in. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think the thing, the biggest thing that almost brings me sorrow that I see in the world right now is we want to skip, skip over the discomfort. Yeah. Want solutions that it's like, "Mm, could I just be here at the low and then wake up when I'm at the high? (laughs) And it's like, the discomfort is what made me like the reason I love myself is because I sat with myself through those horrific moments of going back to traumas in my life or sitting in the meditation where it felt like I was literally ripping my skin off because it was so uncomfortable to be sitting in there and still coming out the other side. And it's also what gave me compassion and it's what gave me self reassurance. And all of these things is like, I wouldn't have the foundation if I didn't go through the storm. And like, we have to stop. I, that's the, my hardest thing with social media is that we show the high highlight reel. It's, it's once you come out the other side with the solution. And then it doesn't mean that necessarily we all need to like get on and cry every day about like what we're facing. (laughs) That's not maybe helpful either, but it's like, we, we skip over just how, because once we start talking about it, we're so far through it that we're no longer really talking about the emotions that we had to face in the yeah. discomfort. Um, and I think, yeah, I think I'm really excited to hear you talk about how you feel like things are changing. And I, and I do think that I'm seeing that as well, but it, it is, it's scary as I almost feel like spirituality is becoming more mainstream too mm-hmm. of, 
oftentimes things become more diluted when more people have them because we are in a consumer society. So we're trying to get people to give us money exchange for the energy that we're giving out there. And it's, I, I, I know that's how we live and how we survive. Um, but it also is like, are you giving the same energy as what you're asking for people to give back to you? And are you in an integrity when you're giving that out as well? Yeah. I just did a whole dark to light series because I, when I got this message that was like, um, you're going to set the standard in the industry. And I'm going through this journey since January being told to just observe. You, You don't need to know what's ahead of you. You need to observe and reflect and look at what's already happened around you. And that can seem very diluted when you get that. Cause you want to know, you want to know, okay, who am I looking at? What am I looking at? Where am I going? What does this mean? How does this all connect? But your intuition isn't like in five minutes, Johnny's going to call you and you're going to talk about this three things. And that's going to apply to these four things. And you're going to take these six directions to this one stop. It's like, that's not how this works. Not at all. And people are so used to, even with like the pharmaceutical company, oh, you have a sickness, you go to the doctor, you get some cough medicine, you're all bandaged up, here you go, you know, mask the symptom, you should be good. It's like, well, not how it works. So when people come into spirituality, they're like, oh, I can just take this one course, I can learn this one thing, I could do this one research, I can just meditate for five hours, and that's going to work because it works for everybody else. It's like, no, that's not how this works. And it was so this dark delight series really sparked this this foundational question where is your energy rooted in where is your energy rooted in because it's either going to be rooted in god consciousness or it's going to be rooted in devil consciousness and i never read the bible and i don't like using the word devil but i'm not ignorant to the fact that dark energies and entities exist it's one of the first few things that i teach people of how to discern protect and like release because it's a disservice if you're going in saying you know Jesus loves everybody you can do what you want you know if you murder this person you're just going to be forgiven and like you know you can teach really terrible things to people and you know darkness will just like be whatever it's like no 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 like that's horrible and I was watching all these people do this and I was having clients come to me saying that Well, I had this one client in particular that really was like a pivotal moment for me because one of the things that happens when you start to open up your clairvoyant abilities, you see orbs and it's exciting and it's fascinating and it's these light beings and it's, you know, oh, I'm seeing all these colors and this is really cool. And you think this is amazing. So you keep connecting to them. And so you want to go deeper and you start idolizing these orbs and, or you feel if you don't see it, it's a lack of connection. So there's something wrong with you but where's your root energy rooting in? And I had this one client come to me and he was as high as could possibly be. And like, I will not do a reading for you. If you come to me like that, I don't care if I've taken your money, I will refund you. Like not a chance, like, nope, none want nothing to do with that. But I got on this reading and I felt it come through me and I was like, nope. Okay. We got to That's it. And I just heard this like calm stay, just stay. And I was like, I don't know if I'm losing my mind, what I'm going to do with this but I just feel obligated to say, I don't feel this is a pressure. I feel this is a nudge. And I'm like, Oh, I really got to use my intuition here for discernment. So I stayed. And this whole session was about this man who started off with seeing orbs. He saw them his entire life. 
And he had all these traumas happen in his life that led him to do drugs. And the more he would do drugs, the more these orbs would get bigger. And then he had a son and then he would go on these spurts of sobriety because these orbs would turn into demons overlooking his kid's cradle. And then when he, so he'd be like, oh, no, I'm done. That's it. And they'd go back to orbs, but they wouldn't go away. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, what did I just sign up for? I can't do this. I don't want to be a part of this. And I freaked myself out and I stopped doing readings for a bit. Cause I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. And this was like the middle of last year, probably right around where, you know, things really started to take off with, you know, this is going on and 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 we should believe this and this lockdown and next left, right. All the things. So I pulled back from it. And so when I got this nudge of setting the standard and I'm overviewing all these experiences and I'm watching people on social media post about these orbs and their stories, and I've done this too. And I'm like, but what is that? What is that really? And in some places or experiences, people can say, well, it's fairies. Well, if we look at what the mainstream experience of fairies has been projected to be, it's this beautiful mystical thing. But if you go back to folklore, which is where all this energy stems from fairies and Wendigos and all these things. And they're not of good energy. So this dark delight series was me really looking at and sitting with, you know, where are we really rooting our energy into? Cause you can do incredible things and do amazing things of God consciousness. And you can do amazing things, but rooted in wrong energy is only going to lead you to a traumatic turmoil experience. And I watched this one girl go through this at the beginning of the year. And she was a life coach, a self-love coach. And she emulated this person on social media who presents herself as this very wealthy, you know, I make all the money. I'm the money queen. I do all the things. I'm sure you're probably figuring out who I might be talking about. And uh, she has this healer that got her to this space. So she started paying this woman thousands of dollars to work with this healer. And she'd come to me and she's like, why do I feel this way? Why? I don't know about this. I don't know about this. I'm like, whatever she's doing, this is black tentacle octopus. I want nothing to do with this. And I just kept, I want nothing to do with this. This is what I see. No, I'm not a part of this. You got to get out. You're not, this isn't going to help you but she kept having the success and she kept having the success and she was making tens of thousands of dollars a month. And she finally got her Chanel purse. And then she ended up in a mental Institute because she had a nervous breakdown. And I was like, I could see without judgment that this lady's energy was not in a good place and it led her completely astray. So it can be darkness can be masked as light, but if you're not checking in, so easily you can get real effed up <laughs> real and it and it's true because I even think about I knew from a young age intuitively that I was really intuitive and like we yeah. all are and yeah. I'm not trying to be special but like I had really strong gifts coming yeah. out of the womb and I wasn't raised how to handle those. My mother yeah. was really into the Native American beliefs. My dad was an atheist. And so it was like, follow your truth. And so dark energy started to come to visit me as a kid. And I couldn't sleep at night. I was petrified of certain rooms in my house. Yeah. Um, 
I, I mean, I was 24 when I finally got rid of this horrific dark energy that is in my bedroom or used to be in my bedroom. And that's what prevented me from really entering into my gifts is because yeah. I could feel all of this darkness. And I was like, it's scary for the things that are worth it. And the things that are of light, I'm not willing to also play with the darkness, but I also am pondering or questioning at this point in my life, this kind of balance of, I think we might all have darkness and light in us and not like none of us are saintly and none of us are the devil himself. Yeah. (laughs) Or in this balance and it's our day-to-day decisions. It's our interactions. It's our practices. It's our groundedness that continues us to come from the heart center and from love and the connection to the divine and to God and to be in that light. But we can step into that darkness and that's how people switch like a switch sometimes, or that's how a mother bear can literally maul someone to death because they're coming after her cub. And it's part of, in my belief, a defense mechanism or a safety thing. Um, And it's also to have lightness, you must have darkness. You have to have the counterbalance. 50-50. But it's, it's, it's so interesting because when I start to see it stem up, I'm like, oh, Oop, what's out of balance in the life right now? What am I doing that's not authentic to myself? How am yep. I not showing up in unconditional love? And as someone who does do readings and healings as well, I am so conscious that I will not go near anyone's energy if I don't feel like I'm at a hundred yep. of being in my golden light. Like if yep. I am not walking in Christ-like light, then I am not entering your sphere because I am way too respectful of your energy. I'm yeah. not going to go in there and dabble around in things if I'm not of the purest place that I can be. Yes. Ah, oh, like, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And that's why I was like, when I started to look at these psychics who are like, oh, you know, entities don't exist or that's, that, that's negative. We don't talk about that. It's like, no, you have to, because everything in balance 50, 50. And when I talk about being, what energy are you rooted in? You can be rooted in the purest of pure God, read the Bible, do all the things, follow the 10 commandments, be the saint that you want to be and still have darkness touch you because we're going to go through struggles and challenges. We're supposed to navigate the darkness. It's how we learn our strength. It's how we learn our light. It's how we learn our capacity. It's like, you can't have one without the other. The moon will rise and the sun will rise and you'll have a day and you will have a night. It's like, we can't just ignore the fact that you don't want that. Well, it exists. Like just cause you don't like it, you know, just cause you don't like that, you know, somebody can walk across the street and get hit by a bus. Well, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Right. Like we can't just ignore yeah. that. Like you can't ignore it. So it's like, what are you doing then if not addressing it and learning how to navigate it? I'm not going to teach you how to tap into it because like, no thanks, but I'm definitely going to teach you the tools in which it uses so that you can use your discernment against it. So it's like this really fine line. And it's interesting because there's so many people that want the laptop lifestyle. They pick up a $30 Oracle deck and they're like, I'm going to do readings. And it's like, no, but like you shouldn't though, because it's one thing to try. It's another thing, especially, especially in the time in which we live where consciousness is a completely different ball game where you're doing that. And you can have the purest of genuine intentions. And I'm not going to say that someone choosing to do that 
is not going to lead them down a likely profound path of learning because it very well will, but it's like, you can do so and you can learn ethically and not damage yourself and other people. And that's where I really found the problem in the, or the gap in the industry. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to create a standard here or, you know, help correct this, but someone's got to do something because it is not talked about enough until someone gets led in the cult, denounces all their work and is like, I want nothing to do with that. I'm just going to read the Bible all day in my, in my trailer in the woods with Jesus. It's like, well, that's not going to be helpful either. So it's like, it's this interesting line. It's such an interesting line. And I mean, for me, I was, I was reading Oracle uh, and energies for over three years before I ever offered it to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say the world, I mean, people that I didn't know and didn't already feel comfortable within their energies. And it's like, that's not often like you're talking about the standard is like, that's not often something that is, I feel like so many people were pushing me before they were like, no, do it, like offer it, offer it. And I was like, if I don't feel ready, if I don't feel like I am wanting to offer this to the world, then like, uh, that's the due North I have to follow. Like I can't do something because yeah, I could make someone more money doing it. Like I could also completely mess up someone's life. Like I think of it as being an energetic doctor. Like yeah. I yep. hold your, the responsibility of your life and your stability when I come into your energetic field. And I take that as the utmost responsibility and respect. And like, I am not going to go in if I don't feel safe. I'm not going to go in if I don't think you're ready to hear things. Like that's the standard that you're talking about. And I think it's so, so powerful and important that you're doing because it's not upheld right now. And it's, people believe you and what you say and they will go do it. And you could, I mean, that's a whole nother thing with herbology is people often think that I am a witch and I'm like, thank you. No, (laughs) thank you. No, (laughs) no, because I was like, I do not control or manipulate other people's energy. I will never teach you how to do a spell on anyone. I don't know how to do a spell on one. Like I do not control or manipulate energy when it doesn't have a say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have, um, one of my students, she, she spoke to this, um, a little while ago. She was, she is in the quantum. So she works with quantum energy. She's been doing this for 20 plus years. Like she's got the time, the skills, the ethics, the standards. Right. So she, for, uh, the beginning of last year would, get readings from people and she loved her readings and everybody loves readings, loves the readings, getting the readings. And then one day she had a card pull. She had the tower card pulled on her and the tower card is all about basically your life's about to come to complete destruction. You know, there's good news on the other side, but everything's about to crash and burn. And she sat back and she was like, I don't resonate with that. And even if that were to be true, I'm not going to take on that belief system now because someone told me this And when she said that to me, I was like, that's really interesting because when I do card readings, I have never told someone, you know, something really terrible is about to happen in your life. Like I've never done that. Even if I felt that there was going to be a financial hiccup in their life, 
I'm like, I feel like there's going to be a financial correction that comes up for you and it's short and sweet. And it, you know, you lose $5, you gain $10 kind of situation. I've always made it feel lighter. Even if I felt like you're about to lose your mortgage, like I would never say that because I never wanted someone to turn around and be like, oh my gosh, that came true. I lost my mortgage. What am I going to do? Like, no, I'm not a part of that journey. And that really made me start thinking about like the effects of readings on people and they can be so powerful and so impactful, but not done from a positive, clean, clear energy can root people in a whole different path that they were not anticipating. And so I stopped actually future projecting. I just started talking people through what I felt in their field, where I feel they can improve, what's coming up, how it's resonating um, with likely past life things or past of this life things, and then tips and tools and reflection questions that they can sit with. So it turns basically into like a coaching reading, (laughs) but I found that people were gaining so much more impact from, from that. They weren't sitting there waiting for, oh, you're about to make all this money. You're about to have this relationship come in there. They were actually just really genuinely deeply resonating with where they can work or what they can do or how they're already doing so good and where they're at. And that was so much more helpful. And, you know, you can go anywhere online now and type in any type of hashtag psychic and find all these people pulling cards, pulling cards, pulling cards. And immediately you can see whether their energy is rooted in God or not rooted in something good. And you can see it because their eyes will tell you, their aura will tell you. And I'm like, nope, I don't want no part of that. Nope, nope, nope. (laughs) And like you were saying, like, even if you're giving people the best information about their future, it's causing them to miss out on the experience. Because if you tell, if you tell any female that like her soulmate is coming in the next three months she is only focused on that. Oh, like it only. is like, she, like there could be a pot of gold. Like yeah. there could be her <laughs> actual soulmate. Like there could be a mansion. Like there could be a unicorn. And she is like, nope. They said on September 22nd, yes. I'm going to meet my soulmate. Yes. So that is all that I'm looking for. And it's like, and I, I use that jokingly because I just, that's such a theme no, that so when true, you do though. this work, that <laughs> People are only worried about love. Like that is the biggest question of it all. But it's like, the best thing is how can I become more present and in love in my day-to-day life? And that's what you're doing in your healing or in your readings. And that's the best gift that we can give anyone um, as someone who's walked ahead because every single day is magnificent and powerful and such a gift. And there are so many microscopic little moments that are coming in to serve our future selves. Mm -hmm. And if we're focused too far out, we're missing those, which means we're missing out on life because that's what it is, is all these tiny little moments. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. To all of that. It's so true. I love that example because that's probably the most accurate one. (laughs) I mean, any reading someone's (laughs) like, but what about my love life? Yeah. It's exactly where it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many soulmates I should have met already according to other people. And I'm like, and I have, I've met amazing people and there are amazing men in my life right now. And I'm just open to the reality of what's going to happen will happen when it happens. Yeah. 
And it's so funny because when you come into this continued desire for deeper self-connection, you just learn that it doesn't matter who tells you what it really truly matters about the experience that you have to get there. Because when you get there and you have it, you're not sitting there being like, Oh, I can't wait for this day. And these things you're just, you're living it and it becomes normal to you. So there's, there isn't that initial excitement or, you know, courting period or, you know, getting into this thing that you have. And it's so funny because the flip side of that is, is equally money. You know, if not about love life, it's about money. And I know this one lady who I connect with often and she had her, her teacher tell her this date is when you're going to win the lottery. And then sure enough, that date come and she didn't win the lottery. And so he told her another date and, you know, the timelines of the world is messed things up. So it's this date and that date came and she didn't win the lottery and she came to me and she's like, when am I winning the lottery? And I was like, you're not winning it yet because you're not supposed to, you don't actually trust and believe that you're going to win it because if you did, you wouldn't be focused on it. You wouldn't be waiting, making the plans, waiting to sign the date on this date because of that, like you would just be in the surrender of it. You're not in a rush to get all these things done. And it's so interesting because I've never agreed with dates. I've never agreed with telling, I like, even when I would say in the beginning to be telling people timelines, like, like, I don't know about this. Like, I don't want you to have to uphold me to that because that takes away from you actually experiencing anything that I just said. Now you're focused on three months, this date, this person, this thing. It's like, what about all yeah. the time in between that where you're supposed to go through the healing to actually get to there? And that's the thing is that I feel like, first off, I think there's hundreds of thousands of timelines of how my life is going to turn out. Yep. And I am just on one. But you know what? I could choose to drink coffee tomorrow morning instead of a cup of tea. And that could drastically change the rest of my life. And that would completely void any reading or information that people got. But I think when we, as the human brain needs to grasp to things. When we get these dates, it's another reason for us to prove spirituality wrong. Because it's so, once you get into it enough, it's so mind-bogglingly, A, amazing, but also just unexplainable that the conscious brain is like, okay, but how do I prove this wrong? How do I prove this wrong? So when you get these dates or these characteristics of things or whatever it is, you're immediately rejecting that manifestation because you're grasping to it, but you're also like, but if this doesn't happen, then spirituality isn't real because of this one instance. And then I knew it, this was all just a big hoax. And it's like, no, like, no, 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 no. Like that just isn't the timeline anymore. Yeah. And, and that's, oh, yes. And that even comes back to like, people who do decide to do readings, how much of what, how much of what you're doing, do you actually understand your own energy in? Because if now you feel pressured or obligated to provide them with a date or a timeline, well, that's immediately not going to be your energy. You're going to be reflecting back your own lack of confidence, but you're working off that person's perceived projection. So it's like, if you can't discern the difference in a split second, when you're in that session, you're going to say something, do something, or read something out of an unclean energy that's going to set someone else up for a trajectory that whether they were going to get there or not has now radically shifted their life. And you're responsible for that change in that timeline. So it's like, you know, 
it's an interesting line that we walk when we do these things. And I love it so much because there's only room for improvement, both with self and the work and the industry and, you know, shedding a light on these things. But it's like, oh, wow, we're in, we're filling some big steps in this world. And it's really exciting because, well, we were selected to, I guess. Yes, our soul chose this. So here yeah. we are yeah. showing up. It's like, why did you serving? choose like this much things? Like, why does it have to be like so many things? Why can't it be like one thing? <laughs> I always laugh. I'm like, I would, I'm like, sometimes I get frustrated and then I'm like, I would be so bored if I chose a simple yeah. life. It's true. That's not me. It's That's so not true. authentic to who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, I love my comfortable house and my comfortable job and complaining to my comfortable neighbor. And I'm like, but you don't though. You actually don't like any of that. (laughs) I know. I know you don't. It's so interesting because before I started to be home in myself, I used to look at everyone else and want that or need that. Or, or I was, I don't even know if I was jealous, but I was longing for other people's realities. Yeah. And now there is not a single person that I would switch lives with. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be anywhere but where I am right now. Even the unsavorable tasks that I have to do or the conversations I have to have, I want to be here living this life, being this version of myself, excited to grow and change and continue to evolve. But there is nothing I would trade in my life right now. Yeah. Oh, a million percent. I absolutely agree. I want to be cognizant of your time because we could probably sit here for hours and keep yes, going. Probably good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one final question for you, Dakota, and that is for anyone that is just finding this episode, just coming into this spiritual community, they figured out they're an empath. They figured out they have an intuition. They're curious about connecting. What is a piece of advice that you would offer to them? I would say, don't be afraid of your power. Mm -hmm. Um, I spent so long being afraid of these gifts and the power um, and just follow the gut nudges. Like Riley was such a gut nudge and I joined one of your first, I think ever programs that you had, which started the whole snowball effect for me. But it's like, when you find someone who your soul is like, yes, I want them or I wanna learn from them, it means that you're in alignment and they're speaking the energy that you want and don't be afraid of the gifts and the power and the changes that are going to come from it. Cause it, it's just going to be even better than you could have ever expected. Yeah. Ah, yeah, absolutely. Amazing advice. All right. Um, where can they find you? What are you doing right now? Yeah. Um, so they can find me at Dakota L Wallace on Instagram. That is going to be van life. That's just going to be, I basically consider that page as like, I am your digital best friend. I'm not there (laughs) to be an authoritative figure by any means. Let's figure this thing called life out. Let's figure out how to have the most joy. Um, and let's talk about everything there. And then you can follow me at, um, daydreamer apothecary and that's all of my herbology and my spiritual stuff can be found over there and if you would like to check out any of the products as well they're on dakotawallace.com yay i will definitely make sure to link everything in the show notes so you guys can go check her out 
you will only enjoy the adventure that she is about to go on. So I highly recommend that you go on and join it with her. And her products are, they just speak volumes, even just by looking at them, the energy speaks to you. So go and get yourself Thank some. Thank you so much. <laughs> Love it. All right. Thank you, Dakota, for joining us today. I'm so grateful to have you here. And I can't wait for them to all come and hang out in your world. I truly hope that you enjoyed this episode with Dakota today. She is such a beautiful, beautiful soul, and I highly recommend, again, that you go check her out. I wanted to take a moment as well to speak to you about the Light Leader program that I have channeled and am starting on August 10th. If you are a light leader and you really desire to be able to hold deep, transformative experiences for your clients, the Magnetic Woman program is a three-week accelerator that is not only going to coach you into that next level of confidence for yourself, rooted, ingrained, a state of being, but as well as walk you through setting up really powerful and impactful spaces for your clients that are their own movements. One thing that I've really come to realize that when it comes to your services growing and what I've seen from myself and equally from my clients is that when they cultivate these really beautiful transform formative experiences and have policies and standards and, and processes that they operate within, it takes away the confusion. It takes away the feeling like you're doing something wrong because people are sharing your magic. People can't wait to tell other people about what you're helping with, what you're creating, and they want everyone to know your work is a movement. So when you create and cultivate those spaces in every service and offer that you provide, whether you're just starting or you're you've been in this for a couple years now this is your magic and so the more energy the more experience the more um, intention that you put into what you are putting in this world it will be the very force that calls in and brings in all the abundance all the transformation in your world with your desires but equally helps your clients to experience that as well so if this is something calling to your heart, I would love to support you in the Magnetic Woman program. And uh, yeah, I believe we start tomorrow when this episode comes out. So you have a little bit time of time left. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Either way, the link is in the show notes. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Dakota today. I am sending you so much love. Hey, before you go, I wanted to take a moment to just thank you so much for tuning in with me each and every week. If you weren't already aware, new episodes drop on Mondays. If you could please be so kind as to screenshot this episode, tag me on Instagram at Riley June with your biggest takeaway, or if you know someone who could really use the insight and guidance provided to you in this session today, I would love for you to go ahead and share this directly to them. I look forward to continuing to bring you insight, guidance, and self-mastery activation tools that you can implement into your life now to truly evolve and become the divine expander that you are. All right, I cannot wait to chat with you soon. And remember, don't forget to go and find the magic in today.